Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Howdy, and welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts. Today is June 11th, 2018. I'm your host, Eric Clark. Thanks for tuning in and joining me on another episode. This week, I talk with guest Rich Cook of Cook's Fatal Attraction Deer Scent. And Rich is just this awesome, down-to-earth, super genuine and authentic guy who is in business for all of the right reasons and none of the wrong ones. And in fact... Um, doing a quick Google search of Cook's Fatal Attraction, and you'll see that out of 35 votes on their Facebook page, um, they have gotten all five-star reviews. Um, he has not received any piece of negative feedback on his product since the inception of his business about five years ago in 2013. So a really cool episode. I don't know anything about deer sense. I've only used one once, had a negative experience with it and kind of wrote it off. And Rich has done a great job of navigating through this topic um, as someone who I think really gets it, understands it, and um, has gotten me excited about trying something like this again and hopefully with some success. Whereas last time it was just the exact opposite. It wasn't even neutral. It was just a negative experience. So that being said, I will go ahead and bring on Rich and uh, you can hear all about it. All right. So we have a guest of the week with us today. I have on the other line with me, uh, Rich Cook with Cook's Fatal Attraction Deer Sense. Rich, how's it going, man? Yeah, it's going good. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that you've taken time to uh, be on the show as I am for every guest. I'm thankful for all that. But uh you know, I'm really interested to talk to you today about uh, the, some of the products you have and some of the things you have going on over there. Yeah, so I collect uh, fresh deer scent out of my CWD certified deer herd. And I uh, currently have like five products. I've got a bedding scent, a calming scent, a dominant buck, a rutting buck, and a doestra scent. So you got all the bases covered. So how did you, um, what made you want to get into this? How did that start for you? So back when I started uh, deer hunting, I was 12 years old, and uh, I kept reading magazines and seeing in the stores and everything, all this deer scent. So I bought a bottle of it, and I tried it, and I tried it, and I tried it for years on end, and I just didn't get no results. And I was like, boy, you know, you, you take something from a deer to attract other deer, I mean, that's just natural. You know, that's how Mother Nature intends it to work. But I, I always felt like, hey, somebody's cutting corners here on this product and it's not working. So I just said, hey, one day when the time's right, I'm going to buy my own deer and I'm going to start my own scent. 
no water added, no preservatives in it, just 100% natural. Pretty cool. So how many deer do you have? I've got 50 deer currently. Holy cow. And fawns, and fawns hitting the ground kind of daily, so yeah. that number is growing. A good friend, a very close friend of mine, we actually host a different podcast together. His dad owns a deer farm here in Wisconsin, and uh, I think he's probably got some around 50 deer too, so it's interesting to see how he takes care of them because he's got a pretty large area for them. You know, He's got a big plot of land for these deer to exist, and I know come a certain time of the year, he's got to separate the bucks and stuff like that. It's pretty, it's pretty neat. I like going to his house because I always get to pet the deer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. And it does take quite a little bit of land, you know, to do it and to keep them all, you know, so you don't get overcrowding or anything. Right, right. Yeah, sure. Do you, And then, like, how did you, you know, I'm just generally curious, and if, if you don't want to go into it, that's totally cool. But, like, where do you, if I want to buy a deer, where, where, how do you do that? You just go to Google and how do I buy a deer? Or you, some well, have... no, there, there are some there are some forums on these social media pages or whatever whitetail deer for sale, but you got to go re- get registered with your state and uh, get all the licensing stuff ready and meet the requirements. They'll come out and check your pen that it's all uh, ready for deer and meets all the requirements. Then you can go purchase the deer. I know here in Minnesota it's a hundred dollar. I believe it's a hundred dollars. Uh, to get the license but uh so it's not it's not too bad yeah yeah and you got to build some pretty high fences i have to imagine huh uh here it's eight foot yeah all right that's no joke yeah yeah no so how long, yeah, and, how long and, have you been doing it that way now that you have uh, since 2013 okay so not too long I, really that's i started i started i started with just four deer but okay. they were four bred deer and the numbers multiply pretty fast when they have twins every year. No doubt. Are you are you extracting the the scents just by yourself? Do you have some people helping you out to do that? No, I I do 100% of it by myself. Wow. So you get so when do you get really really busy where you're like, you, you just don't show uh, your face for a while because you're out there doing you know getting all these scents ready yeah, and stuff. Yeah, already starting in August I get pretty busy. I've got a lot of guys doing the mock scrapes, and uh, I send a lot of my buck scents out. In August, I mean, I've got, I'm sending some out right now. Some of the guys are doing it currently, but uh, August starts getting busy, and then September's busier yet, and October busier yet, and November's about the peak. Okay, so so the way the way that you're doing it, the the scents are actually reflective. They're they're not old, right? Like you you're not using scent from last year and and putting it on some, in some preservative. You're doing it like. Here it is. This you want to send for August? It's going to come to you in August, kind of deal. Is that? Is that yeah, what yeah, exactly, exactly. I know about how much I sell or whatever, and that's how much I'll collect. And uh, I collect it, I bottle it, and I ship it right out. I a lot of times I don't even hardly have any scent on hand after I've collected and shipped it out uh, from day to day, even you know. That's nuts. What's the collection process look like for some of the stuff? Like, how do you go about doing that? Well, I've got a collection stall, and I put the deer into into the collection stall, and then they pee, and then it goes down, it gets funneled down into into a bucket, and then that's how I collect it. That's quite the operation. Mm-hmm. And I do one deer per bottle of of my scent, except for my bedding scent. I'll do a bedding scent. Sometimes I'll do a, a doe and a fawn, or I'll do a buck and a doe, and I've did a buck, doe, and a fawn. Just uh, so they 
when you're out hunting that when a deer comes up in there, it can smell like, hey, there was a little family group that was just bedded down here. Wow. So the, as far as the, the scents go, it really matters to the deer. So I have, um, I've, you know, I've done a number of these podcasts now, and one of my guests who actually is from Wisconsin, Dan Infault, um, he, he's talked about like how deer use their nose like we as humans use our eyes. They kind oh, of see the world right. with their nose. So when you say I collect scent from like a calm bed of deer and have this kind of family, familiar kind of thing going on, um, that matters to some deer based on what how your hunting tactics are kind of. Yeah, so what it does is let's just say you're out there bow hunting and you're in your stand and that buck comes in, he comes in and he's relaxed because he, he can smell that deer were just bedded in that area. And he knows if deer were just bedded in there, you know, nothing spooked them. So uh, they come in a lot calmer. And that's why I call it my calming scent and or my bedding scent. That's nuts. I did not realize that. I would not have considered that at all until I maybe kind of heard what Dan said. And now hearing what you have as far as a product to kind of match up with some of that stuff. I mean, that's that's really something. So you kind of have um, a scent. This is almost like a toolbox like or a lure and a tackle box. Like You have a scent for very different scenarios. Exactly. And that one also, the bedding scent there works great for uh, when you go out there to check your trail camera, you know? Yeah. Uh, to, to, yeah, to, I mean, you know, cover your uh, human scent, you know, and to, uh, to, you know, not get them thinking that uh, there's any human out there. So do you, uh, when you're at, when you're, when you're applying this, do you just put it on your boot or do you, well, how do you, how do you actually apply it? Yeah, I'll, I put it on my boot. If, if I'm checking my trail cameras, I put it on my boot. If I'm hunting, I don't like to put it on my boot because you walk up to the tree stand and then you climb up it. And then sometimes they'll go up there and they'll smell that and they'll be right at the base of your tree. But when I check the trail cameras, I'll put it on the boot because it doesn't bother me if they walk up, you know, five feet away from the camera. Right. You actually want that to happen. So that's, that's a good. Yeah. So, so if I'm hunting, I'll do it like on a drag line or I'll put it on a scent wick. Okay. Yep. I did. So I haven't, I haven't done a lot with, um, you know, deer scents or, or things of that nature. I, I feel like the one time I did it, I had a weird experience. It was one of those little, like, uh, wafers, and you hang in a tree, a tree branch, and it's, uh, you know, doe and estrus or whatever it was. And this is a couple of years ago. And uh, I had a doe come through, and she, I don't I think she smelled that, and she started blowing, you know. And I thought to myself, well, I don't really know what I'm doing. You know, I just bought this on a whim. I was buying some hunting stuff that I actually need. I saw that. I was like, yeah, I'll give it that a shot. And then... I hang in this tree not too far from my stand and this doe comes through and she starts blowing. I know she didn't see me. I don't know what the wind was doing necessarily, but it, to me, it really seemed like she smelled that and it didn't seem right to her. You know, that's what it seemed like to me. And, and what it could have been, and, and I guess I don't know which scent you use, but it could have had a preservative in it because I do testing here on my farm. I'll take like the doe asterisk and I'll go bring it out by my bucks and they're standing there. You know what I mean? Like wanting to come through the fence for me. <laughs> If I put preservative in it, it's not the same result. They can tell that something changed in the smell of that scent. Sure. And that could have happened in your case there. You know, it could have smelled something in that scent that wasn't natural to that deer. And that's why I will not put preservatives in my scent because I know how effective it is when it's 100% natural. 
So then without the preservatives, how what's the shelf life of your product? If I order it, um, how soon should I be using it? Uh, well, you got to refrigerate it. Okay. Uh, if you refrigerate it, you'll get 90 days out of it for sure. Oh, cool. Okay. If you know, if you know, like you're going to put it out and then let's just say you're not going to hunt for like two weeks or, or, or thereabouts or whatever, go ahead and throw it in your freezer and freeze it. And, and it'll stay even longer than that. That's good to know. All right, cool. And, and it's like when you have the, just back up just a little bit here. I'm kind of bouncing around, which is fine. It's super interesting. Obviously mm-hmm. you have, um, we, you know, we talked about, you have the various scents for different scenarios, you know, doe and heat. I'm, I'm looking at your website right now, doe and heat, dominant buck okay. scent, dominant buck scent. There's another one, just a different container. It looks like, um, the keep. So is the keep calm sure, and like sure, the sure. bedding, are, those, are there big differences between some of these as far as? No, no, they're, they're pretty much similar. Uh, like I said, uh, the biggest difference is, is it might be a, a doe and a fawn. You know what I mean? In my bedding and in my calming, it might just be one doe or, or one, two, or three does. You know, them is just the difference between calming and bedding. Okay. But results are pretty close to the same. I can't say one's better than the other or one's worse than the other. Sure. And like with the, what, so if I hunt the rut, which, you know, we all try to try to get it right. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we have vacation time from work and we can, we can make it happen. Um, you know, what do you suggest? Do you suggest like a doe and heat kind of scent or do you yeah. think of dominant buck is a good one and, and maybe help me understand the different applications? <laughs> Okay, the doe and estrus it definitely is my number one seller, and uh, definitely like about three weeks uh, pre-rut, uh, them bucks are out there walking and sniffing and scent checking these does. If you can get that scent in front of them anywhere from that period into the rut, during the rut, and post-rut, that scent is awesome. And I bring all of my does into heat myself through my artificial insemination process. Sure. And I, I verify that when she's in that collection stall, I'll run a buck down to that collection stall with the door closed, obviously. And, uh, he, and he's just pawing at the ground, you know what I mean, trying to get in there to breed her. But I don't let that happen because I'm trying to collect the scent out of her. Right, right. So, so yeah, every bottle I've got, I will guarantee that that doe is ready to be bred at the time of collection. And so, now, so you ask which one's better between that and the buck? Yeah. That well, really makes a use case. Like, I don't, you know, I want to make sure that, um, you know, if someone's going to buy your product from hearing this, or I'm certainly going to, um, I want to mm-hmm. make sure that I understand when I should be using these things so I have the most success with it, right? So, so, so the dominant buck, that can be used. I mean, I've got guys using it. I got guys that use it year round, but I've got guys that use it from right now all the way through season. And when you, you mentioned like a different tool in a toolbox or whatever, uh, what that buck scent is doing is it's telling them bucks in your, in your hunting area that, Hey, I'm a new guy here. And, uh, and I'm, you know, claiming stake to this ground here or whatever. What the message that they're getting from it is, Hey, there's a new guy here. He's going to try to take the does away from us. And I want to come out there and I want to fight him. And uh, so w- when you ask, like, which one's better, it depends upon what kind of a deer herd you got. If you got an aggressive one or if, 
if you've got a non-aggressive one. If you've got the aggressive deer there, the dominant buck as, is just as good as Doestrus. That's interesting. And so you say there's some guys that are – so it's, it's actually kind of cool if I think about it because you have an actual deer that you're extracting the scent from um, on a regular basis. And if I'm actually telling these other deer in my neighborhood or area that I'm hunting that – this is an actual deer that is in this space based on the fact that they're smelling that scent. And if I use it year-round, when rut comes around, there's a real opportunity that that buck might actually step out to want to, quote-unquote, fight the other one. Um, and a lot of the nocturnal bucks will come out periodically in the daytime because they are so mad that that buck's there, and they smell they smell his urine in their area, but they've never laid eyes on him. Yep. And every now and then, they will come out. And you'll, you'll, if it's hunting season, you, you may see them when you're in your stand. Otherwise, trail cam pictures, if you use a trail camera, uh, many, many times he stood right there. And a lot of these hunters had never, ever had a picture of that buck in daylight. So, so it's an awesome tool. And like I said, it's, you know, I mean, Mother Nature, that's how she works, you know, is uh, deer communicate through the urine. That's nuts, man. So... Do you think that uh, if I just got the, I mean, hypothetically, you know, I, I, if you don't have the answer, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't expect it to, but I'm just curious if I buy, you know, like the, you know, the, the buck scent that we're talking about, the dominant buck scent, and uh, I don't do the annual thing, or I'm not putting it out consistently throughout the year, and I just put it out that one day, I'm going to go hunt, you know, tomorrow, I, I finally got some time, and I'm going to, I'm going to bring the scent with me to see if I can drum anything up. Do you think, because it's such a newcomer that they've never smelled that scent before with that? So the, a similar effect, do you think? It, it, it could, but if, if I was you, I would go apply it a few days, if not a week before you hunt that area. If you were going to bring it, if you were just going to go buy it, it, like let's just say Friday night and your season open Saturday morning, you know, if you were to do that, I would take a drag line and walk it because then you're really spreading that scent out over a lot of yards, you know, that you're walking in. Sure. You know, uh, so that it can be there because otherwise, basically, if you just buy it and you go into your stand and you put it down in front of you, that deer is going to have to come by there anyway to smell it. You know, he's not going to know that it's there. That's why I say apply it three, four days or a week ahead of time. He'll know it's there before you get to your deer stand, if that makes sense. So are you saying if I do it a week ahead of time and then again when I'm out? that's going to yeah. potentially increase the likelihood that he's going to come back around and say, hey, I smelled this before. I'm, okay, now he's back. I'm going to go check it out again. It, well, because now you're in his head, you know, and that's, yeah, what that's, I tell all, that's what I tell all of my customers and my field staff or whatever. If, if there's a particular buck you're after and you got him in one of them mosh scrapes in front of a camera, now you kind of you turned uh, the advantage to yourself because now you're in his head. He knows that there's a buck that comes to that area and when he goes back and beds down during the daytime there or whatever, he's going to be thinking about that buck. You know, he, he wants to fight that buck because he wants to breed them those, you know. That's and, uh, yeah, it can get him up on his feet and uh, get him in front of you. I just think there's so many layers to deer hunting and so many pockets of knowledge that um, this is literally something I've I've not thought of getting into a deer's head. You know, I, I hear of people playing chess with deer by, you know, reading the wind appropriately and, and playing the wind to their advantage. Um, 
and people I've, I've learned some people that are really good at that. So if you combine that, some of these other hunting tactics that we've learned as hunters throughout the years, and then you insert this into your arsenal, I mean, you're really just kind of increasing your, your odds of getting in front of the deer that you, that you want. You're hundred percent right. And, and when you do that, it's, you know, you're sending him signals. Hey, I'm, I'm here. Come find me, you know? And then, like you said, you want the scent control and all that. So when he does come, he's not going to smell you. But, uh, yeah, you're sending him messages like, Hey, I'm, I'm here and I'm a deer. You know, you're not sending him that you're a human. You're sending him the message that you're a deer and, uh, Hey, come fight, uh, find me. Cause he's going to want to fight. They, they, they established that pecking order a good month ahead of the, of the rut, you know? And when a new guy comes in, that changes that pecking order. So they have to address it. They have to go in and say, hey, I'm the dominant one. Or maybe, hey, I have a shot at be- beating this guy and, and leveling up a little bit or whatever. Yeah, that's that's true. That's pretty cool. So that's, I mean, that, that in and of itself is, you know, at the very minimum, it's worth a try, you know, like. I, I want to try you, you'll pull. It, it's not going to hurt you. There's not like you're going to have, this isn't going to like decrease your, your chance for success on a bigger deer or the deer that you're after by trying your products. It's only going to potentially improve what you're, what you're doing. And it will bring bucks from your neighboring properties onto your property in front in them mock scrapes. It happens everywhere. I sell, I've sold my scent in 49 states, and I've got staff in almost all of them, and every single one of them will say the same thing that I just said. Wow, I got new bucks in here since I started these mock scrapes with the dominant buck scent. That's so cool. And many of them, even right there in Wisconsin, where you're from or whatever, I got to say this uh, story because they said, hey, you know, two farms down, they're saying there's a 200-inch buck down there. And we've got 35 cameras out on our farms, and we have never seen that buck. They've made a mock scrape with my dominant buck scent, and it was one day after they made that scrape, that buck was on their farm. And he says, I know that buck would have never come to this farm Otherwise, if we wouldn't have did that. So, I have, so that makes yeah. me think of another question. So like when you use the dominant buck and you have a dominant buck in your herd, um, wh- why do you think the P is different in a dominant buck rather than a non-dominant buck? Is that something to do with the testosterone well, or whatever they have going on yeah, from a chemical perspective? Testosterone or, or I, I believe they can tell that I believe that they can tell the age of that. I mean, they can definitely tell between like say a buck fawn and a four-year-old buck, you okay. know, mm-hmm. and, and I, I collect it out of three and three years and older bucks is what I collect my dominant buck sent out of. Okay, so they're more the mature animals, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So like they're identifying that piss as this is, this is someone. This is a contender. This is someone I should pay attention to. Right. And if I mean, and if people like to uh, hunt does, believe me, the does come in and check them mock scrapes too. So it isn't just like, hey, if you use dominant buck, all you're gonna you're either gonna see a great big buck or nothing. That's not true. It'll bring in all sizes of deer. That's cool. I mean, this is, you know, every 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 podcast I do, I learn so much, and it's always helpful for me to be out there with all this knowledge that I'm armed with every year to try to change up some of my tactics and what I'm doing. And I have to imagine the audience. <laughs> Hopefully they're learning too. That's the whole reason I do this. 
But I'm looking mm-hmm. at your site, and you have a couple other scents on here too that aren't necessarily deer scents, but they're more like um, some cover scents. Do you want to talk about some of cover those scents? A and, yeah, cover scent and uh, and uh, like a food scent attractant. Uh, yeah, and and why I've added them on there is because I've made them for the last couple of years or whatever, and uh, they work too. The deer come in there. To, I've got a sweet red apple. I've got a white oak acorn. I've got a molasses, and uh, I've got a dirt cover scent, and I've got a sweet corn scent. The sweet corn, uh, obviously, you make that for like a lot of these states that can bait with like corn. Yeah. And uh, when you spray that, when you spray that uh, in the area, like on logs, uh, trees, branches in that area, uh, you can smell that for a long ways away, and it'll get them to find that bait pile a lot sooner. And uh, the molasses scent, I mean, I've got bear hunters that use that. I've got hog hunters that use that. I've got deer hunters that use that. It's effective on a lot of it. And you, I got a lot of guys that just spray it on their clothing, you know, just to uh, cover their scent. Yep. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, if you're, depending on the area you're hunting, you kind of want to ma- your, match your scent to the environment. So, like, where I hunt um, for gun here in Wisconsin, I end up actually hunting by quite a few pines, you know, so I would try to find something that fits with that or like the dirt i can actually there's a lot the the ground is very soft on all these pines so the dirt would probably work really well oh yeah it would it would it would and uh and i mean another reason why that i mean i come out with them since there too is i mean because there is some states that don't uh that have a, a ban on like urine scents you know yep and i uh so yeah i made it for them them states too because i've got a lot of requests hey we can't use your urine here uh so would you uh do you make any other sense and actually i've got one that i'm probably going to put on my website in uh in about two weeks here is i've actually got a synthetic buck scent and i got a synthetic doe and heat scent too and that exactly is made for like them states that can't use the real urine I wonder why they can't. What's the deal with that? Do you know why they can't? It was for the, they had CWD outbreaks in their states. Sure. And then they just, they banned the urine. Even though your herd is certified as non-CWD, that's not enough to make it okay, you don't think? Or they just don't want to chance it at all? Uh, yeah, they, 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 their DNR just uh, put a put a statewide ban on it. Hmm. But, yeah, but yeah, all my deer are tested. So when they do the synthetic one, they just say, hey, this isn't real. Like, this is just a, it's whatever. Yeah, they, they, yeah well, I mean, their ban is on urine-based scents, and uh, my synthetic is non-urine-based, so that's okay to use there. And them cover scents are okay to use there. Sure, okay. Yeah. And they're an effective scent, too. They, they really are. I believe it. I, I believe it 100%. If I'm hunting near... Here's some white oaks. I would definitely consider the white oak acorn cover scent just as a way to kind of magnify some of that if I'm in that area. And that is the most popular one. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, deer love acorns. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. Acorns. If, they're, if they're fresh, you know, that's a good sign depending on when they're dropping. And uh, yeah, that's definitely something we look for when we're scouting. And I mean, I can tell you this here too. Like, I've got some oak trees in my deer pen or whatever. Mm-hmm. And no matter what food you have out there, whatever, when the acorns stop, start dropping, they won't eat their food. Uh, uh, they'll go to the acorns first. That's interesting because so, acorns yeah. taste like and, crap and to someone it, like us. But man, I, they, the deer love it, them. 
Yeah, and especially the white oak. They like white oak better than a red oak. Yeah. yeah sure. uh, and and, and the, the white oak, I mean, acorns is in a bunch of states, you know, so that makes it popular too. Yeah, we have it here. But it's like one of those things, you know, I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't use a sweet corn if I'm hunting pines, you know, because that probably wouldn't align with, you know, what's happening in that atmosphere, that environment for the deer that probably would be out of place. I think it yeah. makes sense to find yeah, the mean, ones that make sense for the area you're hunting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I've got I've got more sense too, or whatever. They're not on my website, and I'm probably gonna come up with them the next year. But definitely, pine is is one of them. You sure. know, sure. I mean, I might use that in my house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It outside, good. I just love the smell of pine. It's just like this. I mean, it probably smells like Christmas too in some way. Maybe that's why I don't know. But uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, mine smells like that exactly. You know. But like I said, I've made it, but it's it's not on my website, and I don't think it'll be on there this year. But uh, for the next year, it's it's a possibility. And you mentioned you have um, staffers in every state. Um, you know, is there ever a desire for more of those people? Are you still trying to, are you still looking to grow that base or? Yeah, yeah. I've actually got it. I mean, actually right on my Instagram, in my bio, you know, I said DM me for, uh, for field staff position. So, yeah, I kind of just do like a little interview right on there or over the phone. And, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm in. I'm interested in adding staff for sure. Cool. And we got a you know number of listeners that you know, might take some interest in that, and that's basically just a pro staff that they're promoting your products, right? Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, what like... I what I do is I offer I offer a percentage discount, uh, you know, to my field staffers. Okay. And then and then I and uh, and in return they send me pictures and then I post them on on my social media pages and then mention them in there too so they get a lot of recognition you know uh through that yeah i mean you got and, uh, following there so i i believe it yeah 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 and there's a lot of people that you know comment on pictures that aren't followers too so it's, it's even bigger than what the number shows you know yeah you get that networking effect kind of where and one person is friends with, you know, a couple hundred and yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So let's, let's pivot then just a little bit. And uh, I want to make sure people know where to find you um, based on this episode. If someone's interested in taking a look at some of your products and they want to pull the trigger, um, what's the website where they would go to, to check you out? It's cooksdeersand.com. And I have uh, free shipping on, on every single item that I sell. That's I just so cool. don't believe that that people should have to pay for the shipping. So I pay for the shipping. That's awesome. Uh, people don't want to. It's the expectation at Amazon set for everybody. So, you know, whether they should or shouldn't, they certainly don't want to. And that's a good thing that you do it. I'm sure that helps. Yeah. Quite a bit. And, and in most places, uh, if it's ordered by Wednesday, uh, you get it in anywhere from, from one to three days normally. Definitely Wisconsin. I know Wisconsin. If you if you put the order in on Monday, you've got it by Wednesday. Yeah, that's good to know. Especially when we get into like September maybe, and we start, you know, getting into bow hunting. It's a good thing to consider that that timing. Mhm. Mhm. Uh, maybe if you're way, way, way up north or something that it's a far long ways from a post office or a small post office, then maybe it'd be a third day. But anywhere else, it's there in two days. Good to go. And then, so you do have you obviously mentioned Instagram. What uh, is it just, how do people find that? I'm, I'm looking at it now. I want to make sure I get it right. It's Cook's Fatal Attraction Deer Sant on, on Instagram and on Facebook. So you got, the, you got it wrapped up on both. 
Mm-hmm. You're pretty active on both, but I would I would beg to say that you're uh, certainly super active on Instagram from the looks of it. Yeah, like yeah, I spend about four hours a day on Instagram. I just think I can hit a bigger audience with it. Well, and it looks like you do, and it and there's I mean it's just it tells a different story because it's so image based. So it's uh, you know you mm-hmm. talk to people sending all these pictures. I mean, if you want to get your buck fixed for the day. I'd say, even if you're not interested in the sense, just go to just go to Cook's Fatal Attract and Attract. I can't talk today. Attraction. <laughs> Thank you, attraction. Um, sent, and then you're just gonna scroll through bucks after bucks after bucks. Yeah, and and if you want, I mean, them are either customers of mine or field staff of mine. Go ahead and uh, send a DM out to uh, to any one of them and ask them, hey, what do you think I have sent? And let them answer. You know what I mean? And I, I'm sure they would love to talk about it, you know, just yeah. like we are now. And, uh, yeah. Then look at one I'm really, now. really, really, why why I started this company or whatever, I really, really want to uh, just, like, bust that myth of, hey, the deer stand don't work, you know. When it's done right, it works wonders, you know. And, like I said, my staff and my customers there have found that out, you know. They they uh, they go all right you know I want to try this or whatever and uh, they tried it and then look at the page and look at the pictures of the deer that they shot you know and and here's another one that can be the real real hard too is you know I talk to some people or whatever I go I don't need no deer stand I get my deer every year you know and 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 I don't doubt them you know I'm sure they do get their deer every year but a lot of these ones you know I mean they're going out there and they're wanting to shoot their personal best buck or whatever and they're getting that buck they're getting like say that two-year-old buck you know and they're just that but they really really want that more mature buck you know and I just say hey try try this scent try that buck scent like I said or my asterisk scent or whatever and a lot of them did that and I mean now they're shooting three four and five-year-old deer because them deer know that it's real scent and they're coming out while they're sitting in their stand and they're just like wow now them people are passing up them smaller deer you know younger deer because they know that they can pull them older deer out with my products and it's not going to break the bank to try it i mean these products aren't aren't going to break the bank we're not we're not talking 50 bucks you know we're talking you know anywhere from looks like you know 10 bucks to maybe 30 max depending on what you're after here or the amount that you want right right yeah, and if they and if they uh, you don't qualify for the field staff position, I mean it's even a lot cheaper than that. Sure. Yeah. What does it take to qualify, by the way, for those people? Ah, uh, basically what it does because what I am doing there is, I mean, I'm making them the field staff, so I'm kind of really like sponsoring their page. So what they got to do is they got to they got to send me pictures, the trail cam pictures. They got to send me like harvest pictures, and. Uh, they got to send that back to me. So what I'm looking for is definitely somebody that's active on there that they post frequently, you know, that they're involved. Yeah. So that's basically what I'm looking at. I'm not looking at, and I really kind of want to say this, I'm not just like looking for guys who shoot giant bucks every year. If they do, I love to have them too, but Hey, just family members that love to deer hunt. I mean, I take them all the time, you know? Yeah, that's great. We that's all love, we all love the deer hunting. Yeah, I just the ones I just don't like as much as if I go look at the page, and I mean they had two posts on their 
on their say their Instagram page in the last year because you know then they're not doing the advertising part for for my product you know so yeah. so that's what I really look at. So it's not that it's not so stringent or anything like that where it's not impossible and then you get the discount you get to try the product and shit if it works which sounds like it does in most cases then you're sharing some great pictures you know as a result and I'd happily put your product in my picture if that were the case you know at that point. Well, in the five years I've never had anybody that's come here to the farm that I've talked to you know what I mean coworkers or anything or or sent me an email or anything I've never had one person that said your product does not work. That's something. That's I take something. pride you, in and that. You got, and you got like, if I Google you, um, you know, the ratings that you have across the internet from the different platforms out there, your ratings are outstanding. And, and, and people I really I love take your that. product. People really appreciate I, it. I, I take that back to the, being the 100% natural, you know, and uh, in, in uh, harvesting it and being as sanitary as can be, you know, in the collection process and everything. You know, I mean, I, I don't cut any corners. And, uh, and, and why I don't is because I want to help them hunters and their success. And I want repeat customers. Yeah. So those are the it, best ones. You don't it would cost me money to get them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's cool. What's your favorite hunting story? We'll wrap up here with one of, one of your favorites. You got a, good, a favorite memory from hunting? Well, pro- probably one of my favorite ones or whatever, maybe would be the first year that I started this deer scent because I got to tell the wife, Hey, you know, uh, I'm going to buy these deer and I'm going to do this deer scent, you know what I mean? And, and all that. So I do. And this was the first year that I actually used my product and, uh, we weren't in, this was the rifle season, the, the okay. Minnesota rifle opener. Yeah. And I, I went and I did that drag line. Like I mentioned, and I did it for probably about 600 yards and I come right alongside of a swamp because I like to hunt pretty aggressive. And I knew the does were bedded in that swamp. So I walked about 20 yards away from that swamp, and then I, I kept reapplying my drag line about every 50, 75 yards, putting fresh estrus scent is what I did on there. Mm-hmm. And I, I go up to my stand there, and uh, it, just as you know the sun had come up or whatever, and there's a little bit of a hill as it goes down to where them does were bedded. And uh, it was a frosty morning, and, and all of a sudden I seen steam coming up over that hill. And I told the wife, I go, there's the buck coming. And she goes, how do you know that? I said, see that steam coming up there? I said, that's a buck. And when I said I hunt kind of aggressive, I know what happens. And, and I know the deer because I see deer 365 days a year right here. I knew what was going to happen is that buck was going to run these tamarack swamps, and he's going to scent check all them does. And I know that I've got does bedded down in that swamp right there. And he, the, the bucks are going to come by, kick them does up, check them to see if they're an asterisk. If they're not, they're going to move on. Well, when they moved on, he's going to come in contact with that drag line, which he did. And then he come right. I mean, he was going to come right to the stand, but he was out there at about 150 yards. And I said, well, I'm going to shoot that one. Cause that was the biggest one I had on my camera here that entire fall. And there he is standing there. And, and I remember the wife said, why do you want to shoot him right there? He's going to come right to the stand. Look at him. He's smelling your drag line. And I just, Hey, he's broadside 150 yards with a rifle. And, uh, and I took him right there. That's probably my most memorable, memorable hunt. That is really exciting. Because it's, it's really cool when you made that product and you used it yourself and you got 
the biggest animal, you know what I mean, that, that you had on your trail cam picture, that means a lot, you know? Absolutely. That's a great story. I can relate to it a little bit. You know, I got the hunting app that, that I created and, um, you know, <laughs> less of getting a, you know, a successful, um, you know, tag filled. I got to use it with my dad when he got a deer and we went to go track it. And he's like, well, meet, meet me by the truck. And I said, meet me by the truck, turn on the, the where to hunt app and I'll just come find you in the middle of the woods. And we did. And it was this really cool thing, you know, for me. So I got to use the product I developed in the woods and it was, it's a cool feeling. I can relate a little bit to that. It was just a cool thing. You know, for you to see that come to life and work the way you visioned it after all that hard mm-hmm. work and, and investing mm-hmm. and getting a deer and, and getting the fence built, that's a lot. That's a big undertaking. That's a really cool, exciting feeling. And then you know you feel you feel comfortable and confident selling it and putting it on the marketplace because you're not lying when you say it works because you tested it yourself. It, exactly. So then that was on Saturday. You know, I went back to work on Monday. And that very first year in 2013, I only did one gallon. You know, I mean, of asterisk is all I did. So I go back to work on Monday morning, and uh, and uh, everybody there is, I got a story for you. I got a story for you. I got a story for you. I mean, I, I had to, like, line them up to listen to their stories or whatever, and every one of them got their buck, and they said, you, be, you better never stop making this stand because I've never seen so many bucks. I've never had such a quick hunt, you know? Yeah. And each each story was a little bit different. A lot of them was, hey, I got my son's, you know, his first buck. You know, we never see bucks here. You know, we put your estrus out, and he had an opportunity at three bucks. Said, wow, I'm a customer for life, you know? Man, that's cool. Super cool. Yeah, and then I just kind of grew from there. And then after, in year three, I got on the social media, which was Facebook, and then that was just real slow growing for me. And then in uh, year four, uh, which would have just been two years ago, I started Instagram, and uh, I definitely grew a lot more there. So now you're just really busy. <laughs> Hopefully yeah, you're still getting yeah. some time in the woods for yourself and not working you know, all the time. I, I, I do, but not as much as I would like to. You know, I, I only get out with the bow probably about three to four times, and then that week of the gun season is – is what I do. And then muzzle order if I didn't get nothing, you know? Yeah. Get that extra opportunity for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thanks but, uh, again yeah. you know, for Rich, for taking time to be on the show. It means a lot to me. Um, you know, time's our biggest asset yeah. these days, especially when we're all busy. So, um, you know, I'm excited to learn about your yeah, product. I hope for, others are too. Thanks for having me. And, and uh, yeah, if you go ahead and try the product and you ever want me on again and talk about your experience, using it or whatever i'd be game for that i certainly will it'll be um this september you'll see my order come through okay yeah yeah that's awesome cool all right well you have a great night all right you too thanks a lot yeah okay The tip of the week, or the opinion, or the tactic, or the fact, something. Um, I was looking for a, a good tip for this week. Based on this episode, I was trying to find something related, and I found a lot of fun facts about deer scent, and how their noses work, and all sorts of cool stuff. Um, deer communicate with scent, which ties into a lot of what uh, Rich was saying about you know, finding the right urine and making sure it 
you know, it comes from the dominant buck or, you know, having a, a doe and a fawn together creates this sense of calm or whatever because the, the deer are bedding together. And so that's that's interesting. When deer walk through, they can they secrete um, scent from different glands. The one in between the hoof, then the dewclaw, whatever it's called on a deer. I'm not a deer expert um, from their anatomy standpoint. They also have a gland by their eye. So uh, some interesting things there, but, you know, that that's all fine. I, you know, I, I really... Um, I call this a public land hunting podcast, and I'm always looking for ways to think about public land differently. And one thing that I found when I was looking for some ideas here was a tip uh, someone had mentioned on a blog was keep your mouth shut. And I think what they meant by that was now they actually said what they meant what they meant by that was like literally keep your mouth shut don't talk about where you hunt if you've had success don't talk about that success um from a geographical standpoint because other people go hunt it i think that's true for the most part that that's what would happen um i think that uh i wouldn't keep my mouth shut i think i'd tell people about it especially people that you know, I care about or I think could use some help in hunting or maybe have a shot at success if they're trying to level up or simply haven't had any success at all, that if I have some of that success, I'm going to share that spot with people, um, knowing that the majority of them probably won't care to get out to that spot because they have their own spot with their, with their sights set on that they've scouted hard to get to. Um, I don't know. I just hearsay maybe there's people that i don't know on the peripheral of a conversation that would end up doing something something like that uh you know if i'm just talking to a bunch of people i don't know uh those people have no allegiance to me or anything like that where you know if they were to go hunt that spot or whatever they might do that and i honestly i don't think i'd be that bothered um personally because i have i've had some rants about public land hunting and how i don't think that i think there's an episode i did a while back called your spot's not sacred and it's not I think it's, uh, you know, because it's public land, it's not your spot. So, and if you're doing it right, if you're getting the the mature bucks and you're getting your personal best and uh, you're having a lot of success that way, um, chances are you're working pretty hard for it and you're getting in some, some thick territory, some thick brush, some, some wet areas. Um, not, not, you know, a lot of people are going to want to go through all that. You know, if they're lazy hunters that are just trying to cut corners and get take a shortcut to a big buck, there's no shortcut to get to some of those areas. So, um, you know, keep your mouth shut, maybe. And I know a lot of people do, and I know that's why the app, Where to Hunt app, has some uh, love and hate out there. Some people love it, and some people hate it, and I'm glad that there's no in-between. In fact, I'd, I'd prefer that people love or hate it because it sparks a reaction. So, you know, the people that hate it also use it because they want to see where the other hunters are too, and it's an interesting thing. But that said, not really a tip of the week. I guess it's the opposite of that. Um don't do what I say, do whatever you want to do. And if that's an effective thing for you to keep your mouth shut, great. But if I'm trying to get more people into hunting that I care about, that I think would enjoy the the hobby, um, the heritage, the legacy, the sport, whatever you want to call it, um, I certainly am not keeping my mouth shut. And I'd be happy to educate and entertain anybody that wants to, to learn more about deer hunting, um, you know, for the bad eggs out there. 
they're going to do what they do anyways. And that just sucks. It'll ruin it for the rest of us. So hopefully um, that leaves you as something to consider as you, as you go on with your day. Um, looking forward to doing another, another episode next week. So um, thanks for tuning in. If you like this show, give me and the show a rating on iTunes. That'd be awesome. Uh, if not, give me a one-star rating. Let me know why so I can make some improvements. I really appreciate any feedback. Um, I mention all the time, I, I do this for free. This is a hobby. This is fun for me. So I appreciate all of you that listen. Thanks so much. Have a great day and hunt public.